You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to call in the spirits to be with us here today. So I call out to your ancestors and to mine, to the ancestors of this great human family, and I ask for them to be with us here today to bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our lineages to us, that we might use these gifts, this great bounty, this treasure that lies in our ancestral line, that we might use it to support us in doing what we have been called into our lives to do. I call out to these ancestors who bring all that is rich and beautiful from lives lived well and those who've died well and those who were able to bring reconciliation and completion to their lives and to move on to that place where the ancestors stand in support of us, that uh, they connect with us and they help us, the living, to do what we have been dreamed into this life to do so that all that is here for those who are coming. So I call out to those ancestors to circle around us here today and I give great gratitude to them of every race, every color, every everything that humanity has ever imagined. I give thanks to those ancestors for gathering round. And let us turn our awareness into ourselves from our head. Let us focus on our hearts and let's draw our energy from our hearts to our bellies. And bring our energies from our bellies deep down into the earth. And take a moment on this day to give thanks. Thanks for all that is present for you in this day. Thanks for all that will be. But in particular, thanks for all that has brought you to this place. We give thanks to the earth for the wonder of her dreaming that brought all life as we experience it to the face of this planet. We give thanks for the beauty. We give thanks for the miracle of life. We give thanks for the diversity of life. We give thanks for the graciousness in life that we are able in any moment, should we choose to, to actually transform. So we give thanks to the earth. And with our gratitude in our hearts, we reach down into the very center of the earth and draw the energy of the earth up to give us a sense in our life of groundedness, a sense of connection, a sense of belonging and home that we take with us no matter where we are, that our grounding is not place-specific. It is about our relationship with the earth itself. And no matter where we are, we are with the earth. So we give thanks to the earth for this simple truth about our life here as humans. We give thanks to the earth for connection and interconnection and the constant teaching with the wisdom of manifestation of how to be here in form in a good way, how to be in right relationship with everything else, not just humans, but the more than humans, the other than humans, with everything else. And finally, we give thanks to the earth for this opportunity to experience oneness. And from that oneness, come into right relationship with ourselves And from that relationship, come into right relationship with everything else. 
So we give thanks to the earth as we draw the energy of the earth up into our bellies, from our bellies to our hearts, and our hearts to our minds. And standing firmly planted in the earth, we send our energy up, reaching up through the sky, out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos. Imagine your own energy caressing and being caressed by all the heavenly bodies, the wonders of our universe, all that we do not yet know, all of its beauty. We reach all the way to the highest power of the universe and by whatever name you know that energy to connect with that energy and draw it down. And what do you do each day when I say that? If you don't know that energy, it will work just the same if you let it be the unknown. But either way, connect to it. And draw it down into your life. And in this way, we draw into ourselves and into our day the energy of blessing, the energy of protection and generosity and devotion, the benevolence of our universe and all that is here for us. We call this energy in with all the wisdom of the cosmos, drawing it into ourselves, into our head, from our head to our heart and our heart to our belly. We draw the energy of the sky in to mix with the energy of the earth in that great dance of the Tao, the great dance of big love within us. And take a moment and just let the earth and sky be together as one within you. And then let that loving reality open the heart and let the heart be that great crucible of transformation that it is and draw up from your own belly from your own deep reaches of your own earthiness. Draw that energy up into that crucible of change in the heart and draw down the crystal clarity of the mind and let these energies dance within the crucible of the heart so that you might come out of this dance with a knowing of your soul's true purpose, with a sense of that energy, an inkling of where you are most alive and what life would not be worth living if it were not here. So may your own soul's purpose, some sense of it, be born in your heart here today. May you find the courage in that same heart to bring that gift to the world in some way, large or small. And may you do so in a way that helps you to feel meaning and purpose in your life. So we give thanks to these spirits for gathering round above and below and in the center. And I give thanks to all of you, to every single one of you, to all the listeners in particular who have donated over this past year. Together, in this fourth year of Why Shamanism Now, we have reached our goal of 100% listener-supported internet radio. This makes the show free for all who can get to the internet to get a hold of the shows. And this is a great gift that we are giving to humanity. So I thank you all and I deeply appreciate your support. Last year we were 97% of simply paying the producers, cocreatornetwork.com. This year we are at 100% of all of the costs that I incur to offer the show. And for this I am truly and deeply grateful. This was where I wanted us all together to get to. And I am deeply, deeply, deeply appreciative that you have helped this dream become manifest. And I also want to thank just as deeply those of you that have sent questions, those of you that have sent ideas for shows, and those of you who send emails that just help me to know 
that the show is valuable to you and how it is valuable to you. Because those emails always come on those days that I wonder why I'm bothering. And I just thank you all for all that you have done to make this show over this past year truly a manifestation of a dream. So thank you all for allowing your hearts to be moved. And thank you for letting your hearts be moved into action. And we also thank our producers at CoCreatorNetwork.com. Thanks to all of you um, and all that you are doing to make the show a reality for listeners around the world. So we are not live today, although my gratitude, I'm sure, is still burning in my heart on this day. However, you are welcome to email me if you have questions or frustrations or inspirations from today's show. You can always reach me at Christina at LastMassCenter.org. And for those of you that are emailing to ask, the website will slowly come up to date for 2013 dates over the next couple weeks. So today we are continuing at this dawn of the new world. We continue with our series of asking the great teachers for their wisdom of this time. So here we are, the dawn of a new world. Uh, Shall we make this new world different than before? I think so. And I thank you for participating in remaking it with me. So today we're continuing um, on the wheel here to the wisdom of the visionary. And this is part four of our series um, of which I journeyed and asked these great teachers in particular, what is their wisdom for this time? Not their wisdom in general, which is available to us over all time. But what is their wisdom for this time? And for us, the amazing opportunity of this time is the birth of a new world. And I believe this is why each one of us has chosen to be here now. Whatever now involves for you, you chose to be here at this time of ending and new beginnings. At this time of the birth of a new world, it is inevitable. Um, because this birth was part of the Earth's life cycle. So don't let anybody tell you that this somehow has to do with us and to use what is going on here as a way to frighten us. This is all about the Earth, but the Earth is, our lives are all about the Earth. And so here we are with this opportunity, this possibility to participate in a way that a truly new world will be manifest if we are skillful. So we began this series with the wisdom of the healer and death. And that message was essentially, if we do nothing, the next world will be a lot like this one. And we miss this time of unprecedented opportunity to transform the way that we are in the world. And the remedy offered to us uh, by the healer and death um, was to use your practices for clearing. Um, Use your daily energy clearing practices that you do with yourself. These have been involved uh, in mystery schools all across the world. There are many. They all are basically the same practice in different languages, frankly. And so the remedy was to actually begin to do your clearing and to do it as a way of life, not just um, once or twice and think, oh, I'm done with that, but to let yourself develop the understanding that a human needs to cultivate and tend and maintain themselves and one of the things one of the great opportunities if we're living in a way that creates change is we're always bringing up in ourselves an opportunity for something to be cleared to be let go of 
not because it's incessant and it never gets done, but because life is a generous giver, because there is always that possibility for greater and greater freedom. And so the question that the healer and death actually put to us was, are you ready to step through the doors that will open for you in the new world? Will you even recognize them? And then in the next week, the warrior spoke up and talked to us about the true power of action, about how we'd lost our understanding of that and are often serving the wrong master in many ways throughout the day and about how our actions, no matter who they're serving, are creating the world. Because where we act is where spirit joins us to make things real in the world. And so the message was, in a sense, the remedy itself, which is fairly typical of the warrior. Why carry two things when you could carry one? Um, But the warrior basically said, do what you know you must do and do nothing else. And then we moved on to the teacher. And the teacher's message was... That the biggest challenge for us as we move into the new world where we are now will be sovereignty and, and our sort of misunderstanding from about sovereignty that we bring from the world that is ending or has ended. So sovereignty is your supreme right and power to govern yourself, which carries with it your supreme responsibility to govern yourself, your energy, your thoughts, your choices, your physical health, your beliefs. And the remedy uh, from the teacher was perhaps the message from the trickster who reminded us to prepare our minds to shapeshift and notice accidents and to pay attention to coincidences, mistakes, failures even, and to notice what might be wanting to happen, what, what opportunity might have been created by that thing you're so certain is a disaster. The trickster reminded us to sacrifice with intention. Even if we didn't think we sacrificed on purpose, sacrifice with intention. And to open ourselves to disruption. For it is in that opening that allows miracles, the impossible, or that which we desire in. And so these were the remedies given to us so far by three of the four teachers. And today, we're moving on to the wisdom of the visionary. So what does the visionary have to share with us at this time? Um, This time of wonder, this time of hope, this time of uncertainty, this time of infinite possibility, not yet in form. And so it's important to understand who the visionary is. The visionary is the archetypal energy that makes the truth visible. The visionary is the relentless power within you that constantly extends an invitation to you to be who you truly are. The visionary tells the truth without blame or judgment. And this non-judgmental truthfulness maintains your authenticity. It develops then your inner vision and heightens your intuitive gifts. So by relating to yourself with this non-judgmental truthfulness, you can open your access to your natural capacity for vision. 
the the literal acts of vision, insight, perception, journeying, dreaming, all of the different aspects of vision, and that you open uh, to this these intuitive gifts and your ability to see what has not yet been um, by actually engaging with the visionary and coming into a truthful and honest relationship with yourself. So the power of your vision connects you to your life dream, which uh, could be considered your part in the great dream, the big dream, that is dreaming all reality into existence. One way to talk about this energy, which is hard to talk about, is that there's the big dream, and then there's your life dream, which is the part of the big dream that is dreaming you into reality. Sometimes it's easier to think of it as a great song, and that it's the melody that manifests you. It's your unique melody in the great, great cosmic orchestra. And so, so before the cosmos dreamed you into existence, it dreamt your universe, it dreamt your planet, it dreamt your ancestors into existence. And your ancestors lived and dreamed, and their dreams uh, were of a future. And that dream of the future manifested as you. And all that is good and true and beautiful about those people in your ancestral line stands behind you as a legacy to support your expression of your life dream. Now, as we talked about last week, there are some ancestors that are not able because they are stuck to step into that role. But this is their right place. This allows all the ancestors to be elders and to share with us the wisdom of their lives and to support us. And their support is like a harmony that lifts and enriches the soul song that is the dream singing you into existence. And so the ancestors are, are an energy in the dream that have shape-shifted. They're no longer manifest. But that song, that, that part of the song that they are, supports your song and lifts it. Now, with the unresolved energies of the ancestors, they're somewhat atonal and disharmonious. Well, you know what I mean. And it tends to um, disperse or hide our song. And so the energy of the visionary then in our time brings us into relationship also with the ancestors in a way that is similar to um, indigenous people, but also includes this responsibility to clear the unresolved energy in the ancestral lines to make repairs so that all of our relations can stand behind us and support us in our time to sing and to be sung. So this is, this is um, one of the gifts that the visionary gives us is the ability to begin to see the truth, to see that these are my thoughts and these are my ancestors, my unresolved ancestors' thoughts. And these are my ancestral helping spirits supporting me in my thoughts, in my beliefs, in my dream. And so this is an aspect of who the visionary is. It's not just about 
being able to visualize your soul's purpose. It's about having the capacity to see truthfully, to have insight, to have um, perception of the whole picture, to have the eagle's view and the mouse's view, to have, to be able to imagine, to visualize out of your imagination of what does not yet exist, what is, you've not yet experienced, and also the ability to use the symbolic language of what you have experienced as a way to communicate richly to you. These are all aspects of the visionary energy. So I asked the visionary then, what of this time? What is the wisdom you have to share with us of this time? And the visionary began with a question. She says, what does it take to envision a truly new future? How do you open to possibilities that have not yet existed for you? How do you know what you cannot yet know? And this, I believe, is the great challenge of working with the inner visionary is that most of us don't ask this question. Instead, we just ask ourselves, what do I want? We visualize it and we bring the energies to bear to manifest it. And we manifest a new version of the same pattern. Now, some people are happy with this, what ends up being a very incremental change at best that it's it's the same pattern but it's a better version and it's a more conscious version and what the visionary is offering us is the ability to understand that that while that is a fine choice there is more there is greater possibility that if we could learn to understand this simple truth in manifestation is that while i may in this moment visualize a new world I am still the woman that lives here in this one and so for me to now manifest this vision of this new world I must now become the woman who lives there and this is part of the shamanic understanding of the art of manifestation it's not just about visualizing a different future, a different new world. It's about understanding what I now need to do myself to transform myself so that I already am the woman living in that new world. And in that way, the new world becomes manifest as a truly new world. I know it's much easier to see it linearly to see the whole law of attraction, blah, 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 you know, what I believe is going to manifest. So I'm affirming my belief, affirming my belief. But the problem is you're still this person having that belief. And if we truly want to manifest a new world, what the visionary is asking us is to ask yourself first, what does it take to envision a truly new future and then to make it happen? The visionary continued, your personal past can only hinder you now. What you have learned is within you. Let the rest go. It has nothing for you. Those potential lessons were relevant to a different world. We're no longer in that world. 
So the visionary says to us, take what you've learned from your past with you. Let the rest go. It no longer relates to the world we are creating. It has no context any longer. Let it go. There will be new lessons to learn. The visionary said, your family's past can only hinder you now. This would be your family of origin, the people that you knew. The visionary says, what they taught you that was wise and strong is within you. The rest you must release for it clouds your belief in what is possible in the new world. The visionary continues, heal the ancestors that stand before you. Their lives remain undone. Their energy stuck and unhealing. Their place is behind you, supporting you as ancestral helping spirits, one and all. There is no other place for them. There is no other right place. And what the visionary was addressing there, I'll do a little sidebar here, is all of the crazy, well, okay, all of the ideas, all of the many diverse ideas out there about where ghosts and the dead and the ancestors belong. The visionary is basically saying the vision for this is becoming too dispersed, too diverse to be functional. The visionary is saying very clearly that their place is behind you as ancestral helping spirits, one and all, no exceptions, and that there is no other right place for them. And this is something we need to come to understand if we want to create our new world and not duplicate theirs. And the visionary continued. Do not allow yourself to be discouraged by this message. Speak the truth, your truth, and listen to the truths of others. Listen for the truth of the wind. Listen for the truth of the time, this new time, this new time that wants to be sung into existence. Listen to the truth of others. Listen to the truth in your own heart and listen for that song of this new time that wants to be sung into existence. We are the singers. We, the land, the plants, the animals, all of it. We are the time. We are the singers of this time. And we need to listen for the song that wants to be sung and to do our part to singing it. At the same time, we must do this communal role in a way that we live our soul's own true purpose. And these two things happen at the same time. They need to happen simultaneously. We need to not sacrifice one for the other or the other for the one. That in this collective time of manifestation, we must do this in a way that we listen to our own truth and authenticity 
and we do not lose that thread throughout it all no matter what is in store for us we do not lose that thread so I'm going to share um, a poem here from Hermann Hess there is a thread you follow it goes along things that change oh it goes uh, sorry it goes among things that change but it doesn't change people wonder what you are pursuing you have to explain about the thread but it is hard for others to see while you hold it you can't get lost tragedies happen people get hurt or die you suffer and get old nothing you do can stop times unfolding you don't ever let go of the thread. And so the visionary is speaking to us in this time about truthfulness, about honesty and authenticity with yourself, about finding your thread. It's there. It's always been there. It goes among the things that change, but is not changed by them. And it is always hard for others to see it. But you must find that thread and hold on to it. Feel that passion and live it. Know that energy and track it. These are all the same thing. But that thread that birthed you into existence, that called you here at this time, is part of this song that wants to be sung or you wouldn't have chosen to be here now. But you are. And your song, your life dream is part of the grand symphony that is wanting to be sung in this new world. The visionary wants you to be truthful with yourself about this, to let go of your past, to let go of your family's past, to reconcile with the ancestors so that they can support you in your song, in your life dream as part of the great co-creating orchestra of the new world. So with the visionary comes the crazy logic teacher of the visionary energy. And this is an energy that we call the enchantress. And this is an energy like crazy woman who has been much maligned in our American culture and in the Western culture at large. That like crazy woman she's been given a bad rap blamed for things that aren't her faults and fault and frankly made evil in many people's stories unfortunate because without her it is very very hard to find the thread so if you listen to that poem and spent the whole time shaking your head knowing that your truth in this moment is that you do not know your thread that you do not even remember the last time you held it, then you need a relationship with the Enchantress. For she is the one that helps us in the great abundance of visionary energy to see which of all the many great ideas, all the many things we're excited about, all the great potential of vision, to feel the one that is singing our song and we are singing back.
So if you do not know your soul's purpose, it is time to develop a relationship with the Enchantress so she can help you to find your way to your thread, to come to know the feeling of the energy of your soul's purpose. Once you have your little hand on the thread, the visionary energy can help you think of bazillions of ways to manifest it. And it is the enchantress that we need to help us to know in our heart, but which is the one for me to put my time, my energy, my blood, my sweat, my tears into making happen in the world. This is the gift of the enchantress. So it is no wonder in a culture that has made her evil, that made her the siren that sings you to your death, that no one knows their soul's purpose. Not no one. Many of you do, but many of you don't. Many of you sit across from me in my sessions or on the phone for long-distance sessions and say, I'd really like to know why I'm here. I'd really like to know my soul's purpose. I'd really like to get on with it. Well, there is one reason you do not know. It is that we have been made afraid by the old world, by the old stories of the Enchantress. She is the siren's song, but we never understood until now, until this possibility of the new world, like many of the older, older worlds, that she sings us into our truth. She sings us into the right choice of all those many choices. She sings us out of despair into a memory that we belong here for a reason. She is the siren's call. She calls us into the death of this false, ridiculous life we are living that is not truthful to us, that is not authentic to us, and that is done for many, many reasons we gathered along the way. But not one of those reasons is the reason we are here. This is the enchantress. She is the siren. But she sings us into a good death. The death of our wasted blood. The death of our wasted tears. The death of our wasted heart time on this planet. Doing things that have no meaning. There is so much to be done that has meaning. And that doesn't mean I like doing all of it. But it all fits together to a life of meaning. So much to be done. There is no reason to stop doing what is false for you and begin again with what is truthful, what has heart, what has meaning, and what has within it the song. The song of why you are here in this life and the bigger song of why we are here at this time singing a new world into existence together. This is the gift of the Enchantress for those of you who have the courage to place her on your altar, to journey to her and ask, what does she need for you to come into right relationship with her? What does she need from you to show you no longer believe she is evil, that she is harmful, that she is to be avoided at all costs, that you now understand 
she is the one you have been looking for because she is the one in the darkness, in those moments that come suddenly in that burst of knowing. She's the one who was singing your song for you. So the enchantress said, as I journeyed to her, as the remedy for going forward, retrieve the art of seduction from your shadow. In other words, the art of seduction is in your shadow. We as a culture in America here and most of the Western world have a terrible shadow relationship with seduction. We're patsies. We are easily conned. And all of the megabucks of advertising proves it. I don't even need to talk about it. And what she is saying, as all the crazy logic teachers do, just like the trickster and crazy woman and death, retrieve the art of seduction from the shadow. You don't have to let it stay in your shadow. It's your shadow and it's your art of seduction. Go get it. Retrieve it. Retrieve the art, the true art of seduction from your shadow. You have given this over to media and advertising and those unworthy of its power. Retrieve the art of seduction from your shadow and reclaim it as your ally. Feel the song that pulls on your loins because it is so achingly true. Allow that song to seduce you. Bring that song into life. For most of us, every step of the path of doing, living, being our soul's purpose feels insane when we're doing it. We look back and see, in hindsight, how much sense it makes. But at the time, you feel crazy. And that's why you must retrieve the true art of seduction. It is that art of seducing yourself along the path that is true for you when your mind is screaming that it makes no sense, your ego is dragging you off the other way. The art of seduction belongs also to the adventurer, who we've discussed before. But the art of seduction allows you to break through the falseness and take that true step and the next true step and the next true step knowing along the way that when you're taking it, pretty much every single one of those steps is going to seem crazy. It's going to seem wrong. It's going to seem risky. It's going to seem like, oh my God, I'll never be able to afford to put another bite of food in my mouth. Yeah. Welcome to the new world. Some things never change. So the enchantress says, learn to step aside from the simple seductions that lead you away from your true passionate center. Learn to step aside from the simplistic seductions that promise relief from being your true self. Relief from risking it all. Relief from loving only that which has truth and beauty and releasing the rest. Learn to step aside from the simple, simplistic seductions that is your mind talking you out of doing what is true for you. Step aside from things that promise you the relief from having to actually risk living your true self. 
to actually risk giving it your all. To actually risk letting go of everything except that which has direct meaning, truth, and beauty in this moment for you. Step aside from the offer that would release you from your one true responsibility. The responsibility to live your soul's true purpose fully in your time. So step aside from these seductions. So often I see people so sincerely wanting to live their soul's purpose and accepting that simple seduction which would release them from that true responsibility. All of the buts, but I can't because these are simple seductions, simplistic in their nature, away from your one true responsibility, which is the responsibility to live your soul's purpose fully in your time. You have no other time to do this purpose, and that time is now. And the new world is waiting for your part in that orchestra. They're waiting for your part in that song to emerge. So as a visionary said, risk letting it all go. All of your past, all of your family's past, all of these ancestral issues. Do what is necessary to let it go. That which has value is already integrated within you. The new world has new lessons for you. There'll be no shortage. Let it go. Allow yourself the freedom to step into the new world and listen. Listen for the truth. Listen for your song. And listen for the bigger song of this time, of this world, that wants to be sung by us, by nature, by all that is. The new world awaits those who know the true art of seduction. Back to the enchantress. She says, those who know how to sing the song that leads us into death through and to our soul's purpose, those will be the people that find strength and power and beauty in the new world. Those who understand the true art of seduction is to continuously seduce yourself to continue on the true path that the entire rest of yourself is pretty sure is crazy. That is the true art of seduction. To go with what you ache for because it is so true for you. It resonates so deeply that the passion you feel for this rattles the very bones of your pelvis. That's seduction. So what do we make of this? What do we make of any of this message from the visionary and the enchantress? Two energies we are very, very confused about in our contemporary world. So what is the visionary power that we see around us, especially at this time, over the last year, frankly, but particularly the last few months, I have been reading vision after vision 
for the new world from indigenous leaders, from shamanic luminaries like Sandra Ingerman and people that we know and love, from people on the, on the really cutting edge of philosophy and the mind and the thought world and all these new exciting ideas um, and science, even science, all of these realms, all of these realms have come together and they've expressed these beautiful visions, exciting, passionate visions for the new world, for what could be, for what is possible. And that this is the power of a visionary, is to inspire us to move together towards a vision. Why? Because it is our belief in that vision that will make it so. Because our actions come out of belief. So it's not just what America did four years ago, believing in Obama's vision. Because all we did was believe in it and then got disheartened when it didn't happen exactly the way we believed that it should. Because the other piece of visionary energy is allowing our beliefs to shift, to align with the vision, so that our actions, the actions that we take, will now manifest that reality. So it is about understanding that both things must happen. It's not just that we visualize it, that we are inspired to it, and we feel our passions rise, and we want to move towards it. And the next step is we throw out every belief that stands in the way of that vision being true so that we can believe it. And then what we believe will become, gains power. And as it gains power, we gain even more courage to act. And as we continue to act, it becomes real. And when we look back, we can't believe it was ever any other way. And so that's really the power of a true visionary is to inspire the masses towards a new idea, a new way of being. So that's the visionary power as we mostly experience it. And this this time has been an amazing time of alignment, actually, with science, with spirituality, with um, philosophical luminaries of our time with shamans with indigenous people's visions all of these visions are so profoundly in alignment which is very interesting because every other article you read about us americans as people says that this is our time of most divisive time culturally divisive politically divisive racially divisive etc etc divisive divisive divisive. but the truth is in the visionary realm There are many, many beautiful visions of the future, very, very aligned science, spirituality, shamanism, visionary thinkers, philosophers of our time, really powerfully aligned. And not one of these visions is telling us how to get it done. And that is the abuse of visionary power. To inspire people towards a vision and then leave and not stay in there and continue to inspire people towards the vision and give them the ability, the tools, the framework for releasing the beliefs that do not align with the manifestation of that vision 
so that actions can align and make it happen. Our deepest, oldest beliefs always win. And so if we want to create a new world, we need to understand what the beliefs are that support the manifestation of that world and believe nothing else, which means we must delete all that old code. And this is another reason the visionary brings us into contact with the unresolved energy of the ancestors, as well as the resolved energy. So that we can have the ability across the board to delete no longer useful code. And if we can delete those beliefs from our overall core belief system, we will, ab- we, we will be able to believe in the vision. It will gain power and it will become manifest. If we do not release these old beliefs, if we do not resolve the ancestors, if we do not let go of our family of origin issues, if we do not let go of our own issues, if we don't do what the visionary has told us to do, it will be a new world pretty much the same as this one. And so part of this understanding the visionary power and how to really stay in good relationship with it, because it is mostly abused. It's used well, but it is mostly abused. And what is interesting to me is how frustrated people have been with Obama for not fixing it for them when it is our belief that is needed for this change to happen. He can't do it by himself. But anyway, let me stick with my realm and stay out of politics because I'm just going to get myself in trouble there. So the thing to understand about the visionary's message and how to manifest it in our lives is that what it takes is to remember what it takes to manifest a vision. It takes the warriorship of holding that vision daily that makes things manifest. It is the warriorship of tending what you believe now um, so that so because you know now that what you believe in is what gains power. To manifest a vision takes daily warriorship. And this is why the warrior and the visionary are in relationship across the medicine wheel because we need to remember their need for each other. Neither is whole in and of themselves. They are the yin and the yang of manifestation. And they need to be in good relationship with each other. It won't work if your warrior believes your visionary is woo-woo fluffy waste of time and your visionary believes your warrior is a thug. They have to be in right relationship with each other. And right relationship is love. They have to love and respect each other and understand how the energy uh, needs to move back and forth between the vision and the warriorship necessary to manifest it. Tending to our beliefs takes great courage and warriorship because our beliefs, if you think of our inner energies structurally, our beliefs are the things that hold the sky up and the earth down. I mean, our beliefs are the the structural framework of our life. And so to change a belief scares us. Doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. That's why it's an act of warriorship, because it means facing that fear and doing it anyway, because it must be done. 
because you carry within you, if you think of your beliefs as pillars, that there are pillars that you're using to hold your world up that do not resonate with your vision. Many of them are exactly contrary to the vision of your life, the vision of the new world that you want to create. You must topple those pillars. Now, the interesting thing about those pillars is some of them you don't need anyway. It's kind of like starting to remodel a house and deciding which of these are weight-bearing and which of these supports are not. Because most people have a whole lot of beliefs that aren't supporting anything. They're just acting like they do. And so to tend your beliefs means the courage to go in there and weed out any belief you find that is not actually weight-bearing in the first place. And that is what you learned in this past life. I mean, this life you are living. You learned from your parents. This has a lot to do with just the stuff of this lifetime. And then the next level of tending to your beliefs is about dealing with the pillars that are weight-bearing. Because some of them are false beliefs as well. Or simply beliefs that have outlived their usefulness. But the important thing is, whatever kind of belief they are, they keep you from fully believing, without dissonance or disharmony, in the vision that you want to manifest for your life, your soul's purpose, and the new world. And so this is the message that the visionary and the enchantress give us, is if you're going to go in and do this work, well, I would hope, there's no if, when you go in and do this work, you need to feel the song the enchantress sings to know what beliefs support your expression of your soul's purpose and what beliefs do not. So, for example, I understood, when the whole shamanism thing happened to me, I understood that as a job, it was a perfect job for me because I would be um, out of my comfort zone at all times. And thus it would um, encourage me to grow as a human being and that I considered that to be a good thing. Now, this came into conflict with a much deeper belief that I held from my family of origin that it was necessary for me to be perfect. Now, that's not an unusual belief to hold, especially if you go through the American school system. So I thought I needed to be perfect. And thus, for me to go forward with the vision of working as a shamanic practitioner, I had to go down into my belief chamber and topple the belief that I needed to be perfect. And that was not an easy thing because in my world, that was weight-bearing. So you see what I mean? That as we manifest and begin to come clear of a new vision, we have to go back now and see all the beliefs that have gotten us to that point, right, that may now stand precisely in the way of our ability to clearly and cleanly believe in the new vision, and make it manifest. So in truthfulness, if we are going to manifest a new world, 
a new one, not just another world, but a new world. We will need all four archetypal energies for transformation. We will need the teacher-leader energy. We will need the healer and the warrior. And the remedy from the visionary is that we must know that what we believe gains power. And the more people who believe it, and, and the visionary means by this the deep belief in the heart and the mind, not just ideas in the head, uh, but belief, weight-bearing belief. So the more people who believe it, the more powerful it becomes. And the more passionately people believe it, the more powerful it becomes. And if you need a visual for this, go see Rise of the Guardians. I mean that absolutely seriously. It is a beautiful representation of this exact uh, principle that I'm talking about. And it's a real principle in the world that what we believe in gains power. And what's important about that to understand, of course, is how that makes us relate to fear. And the movie's pretty good with that as well. So if we are to create a world different than this one, we must do what is needed to change our core beliefs. So vision is not just about having a different vision. That's a very new age idea. I just need to pick a new picture and make that happen. That's very new age. Shamanism says that we have to change the dream itself. We have to change the dream, not just our vision, and that the dream is the full river of energy from the vision through the heart to the actions that manifest the dream. And our actions come out of our beliefs. So to align our actions with the dream of a new world, we must also align our beliefs. So if we are to manifest a new world, we must become new people. We must become the people who are already living in the new world. So the visionary and the enchantress challenge you to ask yourself, what is your vision of the new world? And what beliefs support the manifestation of that vision? And then what do you need to do to become that new person who is already living in the new world? We must hold a new vision to be sure, but we must also become new people if that vision is ever to become real. So I'd like to give thanks to the ancestors for gathering around us, for holding us well, and for their support. I give thanks to the earth below and the sky above, and I give thanks to the heart that unites us all. So next week, we will explore living in relationship with the great mystery. So remember, as we create the new world, remember that what we believe gains power. So tend your beliefs. Keep the vision ever present in your mind. Allow your heart to sing the song of the world that is being born. And listen for the enchantress.
She is calling you to your true self. Thank you, everyone, for joining me this week. Have a lovely holiday.